Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all-new episode of Just Let It Go Podcast. Y'all, one of these days, someone's going to use my vocals because that was, that was like perfect pitch right there. And, you know, I've been hiding that talent from y'all for a while, but it's there. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Thank you for tuning in to me. this week I have had such a busy two weeks like I I didn't realize like getting back into fitness getting back into eating healthy how busy and how much time like really focusing on your body and not just like for the aesthetic but like for all around good health how much time it takes out of you because honestly between working out and daylight saving, I have been so exhausted. Like prior to me recording it, I was like, I just need like an hour of sleep. I got home from work and I was up all day. Like I didn't even try to take a nap, but I am after I finished recording. And one thing about it, when I start doing visuals, it's going to be a hard transition because I don't, I look a mess all the time. Every time I record because nobody can see me. Like, I'm literally just sitting here with a robe on because I just didn't feel like putting on real clothes. Like, I'm just tired. Like, once I take off my work clothes, it's just like, it gives auntie. Like, as soon as I come in from work, it always gives auntie that live by herself, pour up a glass of wine, put a robe on, slippers, glasses, Maybe a bonnet, maybe not. Like, I get real, real comfortable. That's why I don't like people, like, when I'm dating people, I don't like for them to feel like they could just show up at my door. Like, let me know where you come in. Let me know what it's giving. Like, give me a good 10 minutes to get myself together and I and transfer from Grandma Mabel to a bad bitch real quick. Um, but, yeah, over the weekend, what did I do this weekend? Oh, I went to a um, brunch party for my little brother's uh, birthday, and it was fun. But one thing I really is, one thing I really have to come to terms with, and it's going to break my heart because I love to do this. I love brunch, right? I love a good brunch. I like day drinking. I have to give up on my dreams of thinking I'm a mimosa girl. I'm not a mimosa girl. Champagne fucks me over every single time. I didn't even have as much champagne as I have been known to do, but it every single time I think like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna have a mimosa. I'm gonna have a couple. I always have like headaches, always feel nauseous, I'm always tired afterwards. And I just have to realize like me and champagne just don't go hand in hand. Like I'm very much a margarita mommy very much a lemon drop kind of girl like it's never going to be mimosa it's never going to be champagne like champagne does nothing good for me it's a good time i'll have fun you know but afterwards it just never mixes it always ends up in a terrible terrible time and i don't know i've i've been very like drinking has been weird for me since the pandemic prior to the pandemic I was you know I went to to a party school in college so I can hang with the best of them but post pandemic I can't do it I'm very much cocktails like I really don't like taking shots shots don't like me either like I'm very much like two three cocktails I'm good I'm lit like I'm cool I don't need anything more glass of wine I'm fine like I'm not it's not giving drink drink so it's either post pandemic or post 30 which all happened the same year so yeah but I I just going into the summer I'm just going to convince tell myself you are not a mimosa girl. Like, cut it out. Order a real drink, like a real lady. But so also, so some things that have been, I'm ready to get in 
to these topics, some things that have been going on. We'll have a new segment this week that I can't wait to introduce you guys because it's so me and I love it. We're having a really good glow up topic this week. So let's get into it already. So last week I talked a lot about the escape show, but I talked about more so based on the topic of body image, SWV and escape show. But I spoke a lot about body image, right? And how I felt about, you know, Latasha Scott having, you know, some issues with body image, body dysmorphia and things like that and how she carries it along. But this show is so much shit happening within this show. Like I can have a topic and I could talk about this show for three hours because there's so many nuances with this show. There's so many things that are happening within this one hour show that's only going to have six episodes that it really shows the root of so many issues within our families and our communities. And one being is sibling rivalry and the role that parents play within it. And me, I am one of four siblings. Um, Two of which are sisters, so it's like three. We're three girls, and I'll say this: like our sibling rivalry, it ended in childhood for the three of us. Like, and it wasn't even real rivalry of like attention and stuff like that. We just used to get the fuck on each other, nerves. Like that's literally just it. Like we just used to annoy each other, but there wasn't any like jealousy or anything like that. Like my mom truly truly didn't play that amongst my mom has a bunch of sisters and you know she knows how to raise girls so I think like my mom's a very much a girl's girl so she like honed in on us on like y'all are each other's best friends y'all look out for each other if I'm gone y'all are all y'all got you know your sisters are going to be there when you're, when no one else is there. You know, y'all had to protect each other. Like, very much that energy. Like, love each other. Like, I'm going to give you an example. I could get in a fight on the streets. I could get in a fight at school. I could argue with anybody. And I probably more than likely didn't get in trouble. If my mom found out me and my sisters were in the house fighting, or something, or she heard us arguing, my ass is grass. Like, we're all in trouble. It was never just, oh, DeAndre, you're the oldest, don't argue with them. Like, it's, all of y'all are in trouble. Because why are y'all fighting each other? Like, y'all are sisters. Y'all not supposed to do that. So, like, when people were, like, we're saying, like, oh, they fought, like, them and their sisters fought as teenagers. That literally, I don't think me and my sisters fought past, like, middle school age. And the thing is, is that we get really upset when we're upset with each other. So physically, definitely didn't like hit each other or nothing like that since like middle school age. Post that age, like we've argued, of course, but like me and my sisters are just so sensitive to each other that we really, really get upset. Like if we're mad at each other or if one of us took something the wrong way like I promise you like we hug it out like it really don't even be time that pass if the longest time might pass is like an hour like we really just don't do that like because it feels foreign it feels wrong because that's how we were raised you know like we talk things out we say what's on our mind and we let it go right and they're really and I think the thing about it is that we're all three individuals and my mom has always respected our individuality and never made us like triplets. We're not triplets. We're three different people with three different personalities, three different mind states. You know what I mean? But, you know, so there was never any real comparison because we all like, I always say like, um, the Powerpuff Girls must have been made for me and my sisters, because it fits our personalities to a T. Like, we're all super different. So, I, when I'm watching this show, Escape, as SWV and Escape, and I'm seeing the issues between Latasha Scott and Tamika Scott and their mom, it just makes me cringe. Because, one, I don't feel like, as a parent, 
when your children are adults, you need to mind your business when they're having a disagreement. You need to mind your business when they're having a disagreement. As long as nobody is touching each other, mind your business. Like I tell my mom that all the time. Don't think you taking up for me or anybody else. Mind your business because this has nothing to do with you and you only know a small portion and mind your business. You worry about your relationship with your kids. Don't worry about my relationship with your kids. You know, this has nothing to do with you. Like we're siblings. We're going to work it out however it's supposed to. But you, you, you stay over there in the corner before I get pissed off at you for, because I feel like parents be trying to, um, fix the issue and it's like no 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 mind like leave it alone because you already heard somebody else's story and you think that's the story mind your business don't worry about it we're adults we can talk it out so while i'm watching this show um a very minuscule issue a very small issue between sisters became a big blow up because I feel like the mom doesn't know how to stay in the place as a mom and let her adult children work out their issues because they had a text exchange and Latasha felt like Tamika body shamed her. I don't really think she body shamed her, but I do think that Tamika knows that certain shit triggers Latasha, right? So she can't say the same shit you know, that she could say to anybody else, right? Because it's a trigger for her. So you knew that you was about to trigger her, but you also felt wrong of how your sister treated you. So you lashed back out. That's a small issue between siblings. Can't nobody irritate me for real. Like, people really don't rile me up. Nobody really gets on my nerves. Nobody knows how to piss me off like my siblings. They know exactly what it is that pisses me off because why? We grew up in the same household. They know what could trigger me and get me going. Like one of my one of my sisters, she starts talking in this very condescending voice and that will piss me off because she's acting like she's so calm. But she's she started the shit, but then like once you get riled up, she'll talk really, really calm. That pisses me off. My other sister makes a face and she does like this face. I don't know. I can't describe it, but that pisses me off so bad. These are two things that would not rile me up with anybody else, but they know what they're doing and they know it pisses me off. And I probably do the same type of shit to them because I know that it pisses them off because we know each other for real. But in the grand scheme of shit, it really ain't that deep. It really just not that deep. It's not that deep to have a big blow up over. And I think when parents get involved, it's like, mind your business. So the mom gets involved and she's trying to yell at Tamika, but she's not listening to Tamika. When Tamika has a rebuttal about how she felt, feels like Tasha treated her. And in the scene, while Tamika has her back turned, her mom words, you know, mouths the words, she's just jealous to Latasha. And to say that about your own child to another child of yours is fucked up. And it keeps shit going. And it basically creates a space where you're creating a divide amongst your kids. And I've seen this in my, not with me and my siblings, but in other people that I'm related to. I've seen how fighting for their parents' affection causes a divide amongst kids and they don't even know that they have a divide, right? They don't even know what the issue is. And the issue is that you're constantly looking for appraisal, approval from your parent. And your parent is only able to focus on one kid at a time, right? They're not able to multitask and appreciate all the kids. They focus, they only have focus for one kid at a time. And when you're on their good side, your love, you're doted on, and you 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 grasp to that affection because you know at any given moment that you don't do what they want you to do, they'll snatch that shit right on up from you. And then they'll put another sibling on a, a pedestal, pedestal 
The problem with this is Tamika is never put on the pedestal because Latasha is always going to do what her mother wants. And her mom sees Latasha as the star, right? As the meal ticket, as the star. And that diminishes Tamika's talent, personality, just her overhood, overall womanhood that she turns into a little girl when she's in the presence of them. And it's fucked up. And I just, it irritates me to watch that because as a daughter, as a sister, I couldn't imagine experiencing it every time I go around my family that I get, I have to feel like I'm the black sheep and it's only two other people in my family, but I'm the black sheep or that my mom would word such a thing of she's jealous of you. Unprovoked. Then for my sibling to allegedly steal from me, and my mom does not, like, I go to vent. That's some shit you involve your mama about. If your siblings allegedly stole $30,000 from you, that's some shit you get your mom involved. Like, your daughter just stole, your daughter and her husband stole $30,000 from me. For her mom to then say, well, if she took it, then she probably needed it more. And the religious folks about to get mad because I am Christian. But this is why it's very hard for me to join churches or to want to seek God and amongst other people and not just by myself. Because the way that y'all use religion for some bull crap is crazy. And that mentality of, oh, this person did this because they needed it more. Like, you stole my money because you needed it more. Like, the bitch that used my motherfucking debit card to put $40 on her nigga books needed my $40 more than me. That's that rational shit that just sounds so stupid to me. Like, you needed it more. I hate that. I heard that shit before. Like, I remember, you know, someone, like, I know had something stolen, and they, their mindset was just like, well, maybe they needed it more. I don't give a fuck what you need. That's my shit. And how can you tell me that somebody needed my shit more than I did? And that's that bullshit of counting people motherfucking pockets or dismissing shit in the name of God or, oh, you know, spirituality and to keep the family together. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you still for me, I ain't keeping shit together. It ain't no family. Fuck the family. The family fuck my husband. That's the energy I'm giving. Like, no. She needed it. My she needed my thirty thousand dollars more when I while I'm pregnant, got a kid in college, and another either or I don't give a fuck if Tamika wanted to go shopping with that money or whatever the hell else. That's her money to do whatever the fuck she wanted to. And it was interesting that the mom didn't want the cameras to get out of her house until she saw, she, so Tamika mentioned Latasha and her husband stealing something from her, stealing that money from her. Then she get up in arms and she yelling into Tamika's face and saying that, the, that she's ignoring godliness. And because Tamika is speaking up for herself and she's upset, it's, you're disrespecting me. And that pisses me off with black parenting. I don't know about white people parenting. I ain't, I'm not white. But from me being black as a black parent, I can't, I mean, being a black child, I always say this. I can't stand the fact that me speaking how I feel and not letting you create a narrative for me makes it seem like I'm disrespectful. I'm not. I'm a human. I'm an adult with my own emotions, with my own feelings. And if you want to express how I'm so fucked up or whatever, and I mean, I have a right to rebuttal that. Just because you're an adult or an authority, just because you're an authority figure in the patriarchy of our family, it does not mean that you're about to just say whatever to me. 
and I'm not going to say nothing. That is such an insane thing. I always say, like, when I have kids, I want, if I hurt my kids' feelings, I want them to be able to say, Mom, when you did this, when you said that, that hurt my feelings. Because I would like to know those things because I don't want to hurt my kids' feelings. I want to be able to communicate with my kids in a way in which makes them feel loved, comfortable, and understood, you know? Even if I don't like what they did, I feel like there's always a way to communicate. By sitting there and trying to shut her down and then say that she's being disrespectful and that she doesn't have godliness in her, that's such a manipulation. That's such a crazy manipulation. And that is why, because now it's an issue between Tamika and her mama. Because you as a sibling couldn't hold your fucking own and had to go run to your mother to get involved. And that's why I say, like, me and my sisters, if we are pissed off with each other, I promise you my mama wouldn't know. Because she needed to mind her business. I remember, I think we were, like, college age, and we were all arguing. And my mom tried to, like, I don't know what she was trying to do. She was just, like, trying to mediate. And we all looked at her like, no, you stay out of it. Don't worry about why we arguing. Like, you you mind your business over there. Not in those words, but, like, mom, this don't got nothing to do with you. You weren't even there. You don't even know why we're arguing. Like, you're trying to mediate something, and you don't even know what's going on. We got this. Like, what do you think going to happen? We're going to sit here and fight each other? No. We're upset. We're going to communicate, and it's going to be what it's going to be. End of story. There is no room for a parent to get involved in their grown children's issues unless something major happens. But for a petty argument, mind your business. And even for the major things, like with Tamika alleging that Latasha stole $30,000 from her, that's a conversation. That's not even an accusation. Hey, spoke to your sister. What's going on? This is what she feels, and this is what she's saying. Is there any truth to that? Well, what do you know about her $30,000? Okay, you didn't instill it. So when she does the forensics and she finds out where her money went, you stand on the fact that you told me and you told her that you didn't do it and leave it just like that. Because the problem is getting involved then people start feeling like you're picking sides. And that's where favorite that's where favoritism comes in. And favoritism should have no space in parenthood. And the fact that people can act like it is, like it's okay and it's safe to do that, it aggravates me. So I can't wait to see what else happens, but I do feel like parents have to stay out their children's relationships with each other. You know, you have uh, your adult children. You have to stay out of your adult children relationships with each other. And if they can't get along as adults, it's because you didn't do enough of having them bond as children. So there's that. Okay, y'all. Another thing I'm very, very excited for. I don't know if I told y'all this, but I really do like Monique. I think Monique is so fucking funny. If she's in a movie, I'm usually watching it. If it's um her doing a something like funny or like um like a movie, a TV show, I'm watching it because she's genuine comedy. And I'm actually very, very excited that her and Netflix were able to work out a deal because now she has a Netflix special coming on um pretty soon. And I'm excited because Monique is dead ass funny. Like one of my favorite movies, I don't know if I told y'all, is this movie called Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, with Martin Lawrence, Monique, and um, Michael Clark Duncan, may he rest in peace. They're, they're three siblings. And when I say this is one of the funniest, low-key movies, like, overlook, like, if you never watched it, watch it. It's one of the funniest, funniest movies I've ever watched. I will watch this movie every single time because Monique is comedic gold. Like, her and Martin was the matchup I didn't know. I didn't need know I needed to see them as siblings. I honestly feel like even though Michael Clark Duncan passed away, 
I feel like I need to see a, a sequel. Like, I need to see these two back together, just bouncing jokes off each other because it doesn't, their jokes didn't come from a malicious place, but they both could hang with the best of them. And it's genuinely funny. Like, Monique is genuinely funny. Even when she's being problematic and, like, arguing with people, the shit she say, even when she's dead as serious, I got to live because she has just such a comedian timing you know she probably gonna cuss my ass out if she hear this because she feel like it's a black backhanded compliment and it's not but it's like agree with her disagree with her she cracks me up whether she's like whether she's like i used to like her talk show just because of the fact of she knows how to tell a joke she knows how to land and she know when it's appropriate to laugh you know when when things get too heavy she knows how how to pull a joke, you know? And I love the fact that she, like, even at Roscoe, Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins, her comedy didn't have anything to do with her weight. And I feel like black women don't do that bullshit. Amy Schumer, I'm big. I'm a fat whore. Like, Monique is like, I'm sexy, I'm beautiful, I'm funny as shit. These niggas want me when she acts, right? Like, these, they on my body. Um, the other movie I like her in is um, Almost Christmas. That movie, another gem. Y'all are sleeping on these movies. Hilarious. That movie is with Danny Glover. Gabrielle Union is in it. Um, it's just a bunch of black people in it. She is so fucking funny in that movie. So if you haven't seen that, go watch it. I'm really excited about this Netflix Netflix special because one thing about it, whatever she asked for, she deserved. And I understood when she said it. To offer her $100,000 was bullshit, Netflix. And Netflix, I got a lot of bones to pick with y'all lately, but I'm going to save that for another day. But I like the fact, I, love, I don't know how much she got, for this Netflix special, but I'm pretty sure she got paid pretty goddamn well. And like she said, no shade, no nothing. She's funnier than half the people that y'all gave specials to. And I promise you, the numbers are going to go up. I promise you that when this premieres, it's going to be better than Chris Rock's special. I promise you, there has never been a time a Monique got on a stage or a set and I did not laugh. I promise you that this is going to eat. So, yep. <sighs> Child. So, y'all know I watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And, I mean, I do watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. I also watched The Real Housewives of Potomac. And one of the stars of the show is a woman named Robin Dixon. Robin Dixon is married, now married to the coach of Copen State basketball, Juan Dixon, who used to be a former uh, basketball play player for the Washington Wizards. Um, about six months ago, and I'm paraphrasing, all of this is alleged. I don't report the stories. I just read them and I'm summarizing because a lot of lately, a lot of these little suedo celebrities be trying to sue um, content creators. So all of this is alleged, 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 alleged. Said it like six times. It's alleged. So, Juan Dixon was accused of not reporting inappropriate behavior amongst his coaching staff in terms of with his basketball players at Copen State University, which is a HBCU in the DMV, Maryland area. So what happened, I'm paraphrasing it. So what happened was a student player was getting um, messages from a girl on Instagram. Him and a girl exchanged pictures and videos, right? The girl then, you know, the girl then tried to blackmail him saying that she would put these pictures out of him, right? Um, then he went to one of his coaches, which is a former basketball player at Copen State University that Juan hired. So he's like an assistant coach to Juan um, and told him about the situation. 
He then tells the basketball player, the student player, that the same girl is blackmailing him. Then suddenly, the person that's behind the blackmailing then kind of kind of says something about wanting the coach and the player to have some type of entanglement. I don't know. I'm not totally sure about that. It gets really, really, really weird right there. But anyway, they do something, either take pictures together or a video together. I'm not sure. Come to find out, the coach is the person catfishing the basketball player the entire time. Not only that, he was diagnosed with a mental health issue that he told Juan about, but Juan did not report it. And he had had issues doing this type of behavior of catfishing people in the past when he was a student, which Juan was aware of. However, Juan never reported it to the authorities, nor did he have it in his personnel records. So therefore, they are suing him. The student is suing him in a lawsuit that said that he was not protected as a student while he was playing basketball for Juan Dixon. All right. Juan Dixon also has been rumored to cheat on his wife, Robin Dixon, lately. He has been in the news off and on for the last few months for someone that really doesn't talk. So the big thing is why Robin knew about her husband, her, yeah, why she knew that why cheated on her prior to the show being filmed and waited until they got exposed when the season was entirely over to talk about why cheating on her right before they, right before they started filming the show. So Robin's job is pretty much in the, in the air. They don't know if they want to move forward with filming her as a full-time housewife or as a friend of the show. The problem is Juan, her husband, doesn't like to film. So these two big things are happening. One, he cheated on her. She forgave him. Two, he has this crazy scandal that's going on at his university. So today, March 15th, it was announced that Copen State has parted ways with head coach Juan Dixon due to the allegations stated in the lawsuit, because I believe the lawsuit had just went to trial. And one thing, I don't know if it's true, but one thing I feel about Wine and Robin just from things on the show and things that were alleged in this lawsuit and just things about them originally. And I went off on Robin a couple of weeks ago for basically saying that one of the ladies on the show, she didn't care about her being attacked because she didn't like her. And that leads me to be to look at the case right here that her that her husband is involved in, and it doesn't look good. It looks like if y'all don't care for the situation or if it's not somebody that you care about, you don't get involved. And as a coach, if you did not report it, if you did not protect it, if that child feels unprotected, then you did not do your due diligence as a coach. When people send their kids to like, work to play basketball and football, those are like second, the coaches are like secondary parents, right? Because these kids have a lot of pressure on them. And I don't want to say kids because they're technically adults if you're in college, but they have a lot of pressure. So do you become like a second parent and you want to, you're putting your trust because anything can happen to these uh, student athletes while they're in your possession. So for him to get catfish and be violated in such a way, and he came to you, and later they find out that you knew what was going on and you didn't do anything, that's just as bad, allegedly, 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 that's just as bad as the crime because you watched it happen and you did nothing. And as an authority figure... You did not do your due diligence to protect that student. So I don't know. It's not looking too good for Juan 
or Robin, honestly, because it looked like they both probably going to lose their goddamn jobs. So, we going to see if why know like I know, they'll get their asses up on this TV show and really be um and really be transparent this year because it don't look good. All right, so it's time for our new topic, our new segment. I'm so excited. My little sister, Asia, gave me this idea. So one of my things is I always wanted to be like a PR, a person in PR and work with celebrities and how to spend things because I always think about the bigger picture. I always think about ways that um, I always like, if I was their publicist, this is what I would have done. So this is our new segment, put a little glow on it while I Olivia Pope it, you know? It's really just put a little glow on it, but, you know, we about to Olivia glow it real quick. So the topic is my girl Megan Thee Stallion is back. She just came, um, went to the Oscars after party with Vanity Fair, and for months she has been obsolete or out of the private eye after her trial, um, after the trial with Tory Lanez, where he um, shot her. And um, since then, she has been off the grid. And during this time, I kept saying, if I was Megan's team, this is what I would do. So I'm going to tell y'all what I said in the past and what I think is going to happen in the future if I was her publicist, basically. So when Megan first, um, after she did her uh, testimony, I said to my friends, I was like, the smartest thing for Megan to do right now is to lay low. If I was her team, I would get rid of, if I was like Rock Nation, I would get rid of everybody around her except for T. Ferris. And I would do that simply so that she can get herself together mentally, physically, spiritually, and physically, and just all around health. Because I think so I feel like a lot of things happened when Megan Thee Stallion got famous and it all happened at once that a lot of people don't really realize or understand how quickly things took off, right? From you finally going mainstream, you know, a lot of, like, let's be for real, a lot of Houston rappers are just like Philly rappers where it's like you big in your city you popping shit in your city and the surrounding areas, but you don't get to get outside your city limits, right? Especially female rappers. So the fact that she was able to do that is amazing, right? Right off the rip. She reaches mainstream success. Her mother, like, just started teetering. Like, her name is buzzing, but she's still not, she's, she's at the surface, but she still didn't skyrocket yet. But she's doing way more than she has ever done. Her mom passes away. I mean, her grandma passes away. Within the same month, her mother passes away from an inoperable tumor. Tumor. From an inoperable tumor. Her mother brain tumor. Her mom. Her mom passes away. At the same time, she's getting. Her music is skyrocketing while this is happening, and she's pushed into the forefront because this doesn't come every day that the years and years you put into your music is finally showing up, and then all of this happens. So you basically, while you're grieving, you're also celebrating your success. How hard is that for people that's grieving to... I don't think that the outside looking in understand that grieving process in such a way of experiencing so much loss but gaining so much success at the same time. And you try to bring all your people on because these are the people that were down for you and they were working for you while, you know, you're coming up. Then you have your record label hating on you, but you're skyrocketing, right? Then you meet all of these celebrities and they're all fucking weird. One minute they're cool with you, the next they're not. Guys take a picture with you, now people are saying that you had sex with them. You being your free fun girl from college, twerking and having fun and taking pictures with people and calling people your friends because you're a friendly fucking girl and yet people are calling you fake or a whore and all this other stuff. And just keep talking shit about you. Then you meet your idol. And you know what they say? When you meet your idols, you never want to meet your idols because they're not going to be who you want them to be. She does that. And that shit backfires. Then the pandemic hits. 
and you're stuck and you are stuck dealing with the things that you have been pushing off to the back burner for like a year because it's literally nothing to do. You're in the house all day. You've been busy running around. You don't have that type of time anymore. What do you do? You start hanging out with other miserable ass motherfuckers who don't have that good heart that you have. She gets shot and everybody turns everybody in the world is turning their backs on her, but the real ones like myself. So there then we get here. Megan needed time to if 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 her team did this, they took my advice because they got my phone stacked. I said, Megan needs to be like in a house with a nutritionist, a spiritual coach, um, a therapist, a life coach, and a trainer. And she needs to be like journaling every day. She needs to be writing every day, like really working on her mental health, her physical health, her spiritual well-being, and all of that good shit. And a life coach to help her guide and see how she wants her life to look for itself. Like I said, get rid of every fucking body. Get rid of the hairstylist, the makeup artist, the nail techs, the friends, the boyfriend. And I do love Party, and I think that he has good intentions. I think some of her D1 friends got good intentions, but they all are distractions. And when you are going through so much stuff, mental warfare, you have to isolate. And she has the means to be able to isolate with the help of such amazing people. Like, I was like, I would get AJ Johnson over there. I would get a really good-ass therapist. Iyala needs to make an appearance. She needs somebody that's like a world-renowned chef over there, making her some meal preps and juicing. (coughs) Sorry, y'all. She needs to get somebody over there that's juicing and doing right. Oh, I need some water. See, that's when you miss a co-host so that you can take a sip of water and nobody would know. But she needs to be over there. She just needs to be there like hustling and really, really getting herself together so that when she pop out, she gonna pop out for real. And it's not gonna be just because, oh, she's hot, she's sexy, and she making fun music. No, so that when she pop out, nothing you hating ass people can do fuck can fuck with her. None of that baiting that these rap girlies want to do, it won't fuck with her. So when she come out, Nikki, you ask for her to come out, she outside, and she giving body, yada, 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 yada. She giving health, she giving body, she giving skin, she giving hair. Like, the girl looks great. And not even just that I lost weight, because, you know, her body was banging. But it's giving athletic build. It's giving, I was waking up doing yoga. I was waking up, you know, lifting weights, getting my my body right and toned. I'm eating right. I'm being healthy. I'm on the right nutritional plan. I did those spiritual work. I did the inner work so my outer appearance looks even better. See, one thing about it is when you are really doing that inner work, it really pours out. It pours out. You look so radiant. You look glowing. You look happy. You look like, yeah, I'm here, and y'all bitches can't fuck with me. And that's what she needed to do. And I recommend that for anybody that's, like, spiraling, especially a celebrity, go ghost. Make motherfuckers miss you. So when they miss you, you pop out, and you pop out with fire, and you do your shit, and you do your big one, and you make sure the haters look crazy. And I think that's what she's on right now. Now, now that she did her appearance, I would still stay lay low. I, like, pop out at the Oscars party like you should. And after that, I'll go ghost on y'all hoes real quick. Y'all won't see me until I, my album drop. Y'all won't see me unless it's a performance. I'm not doing no interviews. I'm not on live. I'm not posting. There's no TikToks. I would be on my Beyonce shit for real. I would make myself so inaccessible that y'all want me even more. Like, I think that's the smartest thing for her to do is to be in Before she was too accessible. Now she is like, you can't book her for your TV show. You can't book her for your podcast, radio show, nothing. She's not even doing promo for real for her album. She's dropping that shit. And she's dropping bangers. And she right at everybody neck because... She, 
because that shit was like therapy. And on this album, she don't got to do no fuck Tori. He got his karma. This is all about for the love of rap. For the love of rap, just spit your shit and be really popping and really dominate the charts. Make people miss you. Make people want to pay top dollar to see you in concert. Speaking of concerts, I think the smartest thing right now, being as though she signed to Rock Nation, being as though she's a, she can put on a great show, being as as a Beyonce fan, she has always had a opener, and being as Chloe has opened for Beyonce in the past, I think that Megan Thee Stallion needs to open for Beyonce at the Renaissance tour. And I'm going to tell you why. Because she, cause the Renaissance album is giving very much um, ballroom, disco, party, dance music. Megan Thee Stallion has had a history with the ballroom culture. She hosted Legendary. She has dance music on her albums. She has music that makes you want to get up and twerk. I feel like that is the person I want to see when I go see Beyonce. That will make me be in my seat. When they say the door is open at 7.30, I will be in my seat at 7.35. Like, I want to be there, and I want to see Megan perform. I want to get lit in the, in, the, in, the, in my seat while I wait for Beyonce. I want to drink. I want to twerk. I want to dance. I want to scream. I want to rap. I want to be wretched. I feel like she will bring the the crowd's energy up. Period, point blank. She needs to be on a renaissance tour. Two, she needs to get into acting. She needs to get an acting coach. I suggest Tasha Smith. I think she needs, and not on no, you know, no shade to nobody else, but not even just like no star shit. Like we saw her on P-Valley and that was lit, but I need her in like, a, a romantic comedy. I need to meet, see her be funny. I need her to be the every way, every round of way to girl. I want to see her act. I want her to have these, these big roles. Um, I really just think acting. She has such a big personality, and she has a good spirit. And I feel like she has untapped potential because no one wants to like. They just see her as Megan Thee Stallion, but I feel like with everything, she has the ability to be vulnerable. I want to see her do it. I also want her to be very, um, I want to see her do Mary J. Blige's The Wind Down and have a real conversation with, I feel like she needs auntie energy around her. Like, even though Mary don't like for us to call her auntie, I think that Megan Thee Stallion needs auntie energy around her. I think she needs to have, you know, for her, for a really good interview to sit and have a conversation with Mary J. Blige. Who has been through a ton of shit, right? Somebody that can really have a real deep conversation and it be no judgment. Somebody that after the interview will want to be in touch with her, want to know what's going on, want to be a fixture in her life. Um, that's why I think that she needs to go on a renaissance tour with Beyonce. She needs to see how a real bitch do this shit. She needs to see how if you stay down, you stay out the mess, you work hard, and you keep presenting, and you keep putting out work and putting out work, you need to see this, this, you opening now. Soon, you could do stadiums. You know, Lizzo already did her, um, her concert, so I feel like she should, Megan should do Beyonce's Renaissance Tour. Then, in the fall, I would like to see Lizzo, SZA, and Megan Thee Stallion go on tour, like a triple threat tour. Like, you get in, they're all totally different. They're all headliners. They all get the same amount of set time. Lizzo being the um, the the finisher. Megan in the middle, SZA up front. And I think that would be an awesome tour. And I feel like they can get top billing, top dollar for that. I would pay about $300 for a ticket to go there. Because I feel like all three of them know how to put on a pretty great show. So that's my, glow, put a little glow on it for Megan Thee Stallion this week. I just think that she has untapped potential and I really want to see how she goes forward. So for the glow up topic this week, I wanted to talk about the times when you had to have hard conversations in life. And I feel like 
so many people are like to say like, oh, I'm not confrontational or I just don't like to argue. And I just, you know, like these things. And I, I don't like to have conversations. I don't like to ruffle feathers. You have to have heart. You have to have tough conversations. You have to have tough conversations for yourself. You had to have tough conversations with yourself. Like when I felt like I wasn't doing well, right, for myself, like I wasn't eating right. I wasn't working um, out. I was working day and all day and all night. You know, I was trying for like six months. I've been, I was trying to be there for everybody still. I didn't want anybody feeling like I wasn't present for them. And on the phone with people, even though I know I'm dead tired after work, you know, trying to be there for everybody, showing up to events, knowing that I just got off of work and I'm dead tired and I got to go work tomorrow and I got to go work the next day and the day after day and the day after day and the day after day. And the next time I'm off is not until a whole week later. Like I had to have a tough conversation with myself and like, you have to chill. You have to be there for yourself. You have to be present for yourself and you can't be there for nobody else. Like if you keep running like this, you're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to get sick. Your body is going to shut down. You know, I had to have that conversation. Like, why are you doing all of this? Like you have to get out of survivor mode and you have to get out of that people pleasing shit. Put that motherfucking phone on do not disturb and don't answer the phone. You're taking a nap. That's what it is, you know, even, you know, with family and saying, like I said, being able to say that hurt my feelings. I don't like this, you know, I don't like when you do this and I didn't feel right when you did that, you know, this bothered me. Why this bothered me? I don't know, but I'm letting you know it did. Or even amongst friends when, you know, your friends are just if you feel like your friend isn't living to their fullest potential or if they did something that bothered you, like you have to have real conversations with your friends and you can't really, one thing I don't do is expect people to know how I feel if I don't tell them. I really don't. I don't have the expectation that somebody knows how I feel if I don't let them know. So if somebody did something that irritates me and I don't have a conversation with them, I don't carry it on because I know I didn't have that talk with them. And if I avoid that conversation, it's not because it's a tough conversation to have. It's because I don't think this person is in a space to have that conversation with me. I might be ready for that conversation, but if I know this person is an avoidant and they're not really good with conversing in this manner, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm going to just take myself out the situation, right? Um, same with relationships, you know, feeling like I, if I feel like I can't talk to the person in which I'm in a relationship with about anything, like if I'm dating somebody and they're not doing the best they can, you know, for themselves or as a person, like, you know, let's say I'm dating someone and they don't want to get up and go to work, Right. They keep taking off of work or they lose a, they lose job here. They lose a job there or it's just not consistent at this age that I'm in. I can't date somebody like this inconsistent in that way. I'm going to have to have a real conversation. Like, listen, you lose another fucking job and it's, um, it's a wrap for us because what you're showing me is that you can't protect me. You can't take care of me. You are irresponsible. You don't have any morals. You, you're not you're not trying to get your shit together for real. And I don't know if you're depressed. I don't know if this is, if you're just taking jobs just to take it and you're trying to find your niche, but you have to, you cannot just quit a job as an adult because you have the expectation that I'm going to just take care of you, you know, and that shit, that's dead. I'm telling you right now, that's dead. Or, you know, with friends, I recently had to have, you know, I really don't, want to be bossy with anybody or tell them, you know, to do anything. And me and my friend had a really good conversation and it was tough for me to say the thing that I had to say, but, and I even apologize because y'all know me, I don't, I'm not super emotional. 
and I say things very directly. And if you're not used to my tone, it could come off a very other way. And I apologize. And I said, you know, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. I, I didn't want to be insensitive. And, you know, she was just like, no, you told me everything I needed to hear. Like, I didn't feel no way. Like, you didn't say it wrong. I just really needed to hear the words you said because I know you care, you know. And that, that's a hard thing for me to do because I have a people-pleasing mentality growing up where it's like I didn't feel like I could say certain things to people because I didn't want them to be upset at me. But it comes to a point where if you love somebody, you have to have the conversations regardless if they're upset. Like I said, me and my sisters, we can argue, we can say shit we do not want to hear the other person got to say, and we're still sisters. Nothing's going to change that. I don't got to like what you say, but as long as you're not disrespecting me and it's coming from a genuine space. See, the problem is, is that we're so used to people just saying mean shit just to say it. Or being so sensitive because people have said things to hurt us that we're not taking a source of saying, this person really cares about me. She's not trying to hurt me. He's not trying to hurt me. They're being honest with me about how they feel or how they see a situation. Like, even with me, with one of my friends, I could not stand this guy she was dating. I couldn't fucking stand him. And she fucked with him at that time. And I was just like, I don't like him. And she was like, "Why?" Well, I was like, I don't know. It's something about him. I ain't about to tell you what to do. I don't know too much about him, but something in his spirit is just not right. I don't fuck with him. Like, I do like, like this nigga. And I would say it all the time. Like, I don't like him. I don't like her. And even like, you know, now it's like if she dates somebody and I genuinely be like, no, he's cool. I like that guy. Like, he's cool. Like, she trusts my intuition about it because she knows I'm not just the bullshitting friend that's going to have her in a relationship with somebody that she can do better than. You know what I mean? Or that I feel like is not on her level of some sorts or has a bad spirit with them. So then now, you know, when we have a talk and she's introducing me to someone, and I'm like, no, like, he's real cool. Like, I see why you like him. Like, he's not disrespectful. Like, I could definitely, you know, I don't get any bad vibes from this person, right? It's respected because when I felt off the rip with this one guy, that shit she probably already thought by herself. But until somebody say something or put a mirror up and tell you this real shit, from the, that subconscious be, tell, be yelling in your ear and you ignore them. But when somebody say the same shit your subconscious is saying, you can't ignore it no more, right? And it ain't on no hater shit. And I encourage people to tell me, like, if I hurt your feelings, if I did something to bother you, you know, let me know. Because I'm fucking human. And I don't want to do it again. And I don't want to do it to anybody else. I had a friend a former friend you know we stopped talking and I asked you know what was up like what happened when they wanted to like reconcile and I'm like look I don't know why we stopped being friends you had to tell me so I know and they just kept saying it was no reason like they had no reason and I couldn't trust it because I felt like you're afraid to have the hard conversation and you probably feel crazy for feeling that way, but we cannot move forward if you don't want to say what it is. Because the next time it triggers you or whatever, then you're going to do it again. And that's not fair to me. So if you can't communicate your issues, I don't really see how we can move forward in this friendship. I don't see how it can be mutually beneficial for us. And I just feel, even like with my job, when I when I first started, you know, some stuff was going on and I was just so nervous, like, oh, no, no, no. Like, do I not speak up or, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited about the work, but, you know, this needs I need to speak up. And I it's just like a couple of days I was going back and forth. And so like one thing happened, I said, oh, 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 no, I had to have a conversation and I was able to articulate the things that I'm seeing and the things that I need and the support I needed and why I wanted to be there and why I wanted to do the work, but I needed this type of support and I need this. 
it opened up, you know, so much room for communication, you know, with us. And I'm flourishing there. And not only am I flourishing, people that came after me are flourishing because I created a line of communication that wasn't probably there before. You know what I mean? I, you know, I was able as a new fresh set of eyes, be able to see some things that weren't going right. And I had to have that tough conversation because bitch, I'm like, I just left my job. You know, I really want to be here. I'm excited about the work. I don't want to make this a bad thing. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, it's still early. They still have somebody on the line that they could probably pull in and hire. <laughs> like, I don't want, but I have to have, I can't, I have to advocate for myself. And was it a nerve wracking conversation? Yes. Uh, last week, I, I'm working on a project. I was nervous as hell going into a meeting because I knew I had to speak up that and I was nervous about how it was going to go. It was either going to go really, really right or really, really wrong. Thankfully, it went really, really right, but it was a tough conversation to have. And it can, and these things, it's normal. Being confrontational is okay. That does not mean you have to be aggressive. Confrontational means being forthcoming about how you feel about situations, being willing to have a conversation. It does not mean being passive aggressive. It does not mean being nasty. It does not mean being blunt. It means, hey, I see this is happening. Hey, um, as a friend or as an employee or as your sister, you know, whatever, this is what I'm noticing. Can we have a conversation? Can we create some dialogue here? And let's talk this through because when it comes to work, I'm not about to spiral and I'm not about to, you know, feel, try, try to catch up and feel, choose that I can't, you know, I'm one person, you know, I can't do all of that in my relationships. I can't be unhappy if somebody not living to their fullest potential and they're not going to say that, you know, I settle like, no. This is, you have to do this. I need this from you. I need that from you. My friendships, I don't want anybody in a situation that they're, if they're spiraling and I don't do anything about it, or if, you know, yeah, like if they're in a relationship and they're spiraling and I don't say anything, or if I see that they have untapped potential and they're afraid to take that leap, I want them to know, I look, I see the greatness in you. I see that you can be amazing. I know that you are. You have all of these skills, and I'm going to affirm you as your friend. That's what friends do. It's a tough conversation, for sure, but it needs to be had. The same with, you know, family. Like, hey, you you, you got me fucked up right now. Or, hey, like, I know that you don't like asking for help, but I'm here to help. I see this is happening. I'm here to help. I'm not going to ignore the problem. And I feel like those tough conversations are happening often, often and often. And one of the problems that I have is that, you know, even like within families, I, I hate the fact that we see shit happening and we don't speak up because it's a tough conversation. So for years, it's like things get swept under the rug, things get swept under the rug. And then and now everybody in the family fucking tripping over this one thing that could have been addressed. Has somebody been willing to have the tough conversation and not been attacked for it, you know? And that tough conversation, and like I said, it doesn't have to be disrespectful. It doesn't have to be nasty. It doesn't have to be judgmental. It could just be, hey, you know, what's going on? Starting, you ease into it and you have that talk. You create a dialogue and then you vibe out how that person might take the, the which way you going to go with the conversation. It's all about communication and there's different ways in which we can communicate that would be way more effective than to pretend like something isn't there. So this is the show for this week. I hope you all were able to take something away from it. I hope that moving forward, if you're not having this tough conversation, that you're willing to do so. Or if you are, that you learn to take a better approach and be more communicative in a way that people are more receptive to 
and understand that even though your intentions may not been to hurt them, that might be the outcome and be willing to apologize for hurting their feelings, but standing firm in what you feel, you know? Um, so yeah, I want you guys to connect with me on social media. I We are at JST Let It Glow on Instagram. Just Let It Glow on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Deandra Kiera, D-E-A-N. D-R-A-K-I-A-R-A. Um, also, you can uh, listen to us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and SoundCloud. And email me at justletitglowpie at gmail.com. If you have any listener letters, any story times you want to share, anything like that, or if you have a product or business that you would like for me to promote on the show, Give me an email there at justlettingwillpod at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. And as, as always, get your glow on and I'll see you next week.